Hi, it's Coach MK. So Coach Sarah has been telling me about a new show she's really, really excited about called Fleabag. It sounds amazing. Several of my friends have recommended it. I want to watch it. I mean to watch it. But finding 30 minutes to turn on the television, much less to sit, watch, and focus. Realistically, I just don't know when it's going to happen. If that's how you feel about all the video and live streaming content we've been producing, meaning you want to watch it but it's never going to happen, never fear. We got you. 95% of what we produce does not need to be caught live and never requires your full, undivided attention. The 5% that does, by the way, lives in the membership area of the Fitness Protection website. Our Q&A sessions are live-streamed on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Once the broadcast ends, our amazing, incredible, and gorgeous editor, who we appreciate so, so much, will pull the audio to create a podcast you can consume at your leisure. We will make every attempt to have detailed show notes available once the transcription is ready to post on the blog over at www.coachedandloved.com forward slash blog. We are currently, tentatively, planning to launch two podcasts. The first one, Fitness Protection, the podcast, is more informative. This is where the Q&A audio files will live, alongside a few podcasts that introduce who we are and what we do to the general public, as well as in-depth discussions that would be relevant to all participants in the Fitness Protection Program. Separately, we're working out the production schedule for a more casual, conversational podcast produced under the Fitness Protection brand with the working title, Sarah Runs With You. Initially, this will be Coach Sarah and Coach MK sharing deep thoughts out loud and over time become more of a platform and bullhorn for Coach Sarah. Let us know what you think. Does this sound good? Are you interested? If there are any topics you would like us to cover on either podcast, tell us. Email info at coachedandloved.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at C-O-A-C-H-E-D-A-N-D-L-O-V-E-D.com. That's all for now. We hope you enjoy this test run of Fitness Protection, the podcast. Hi, I'm Coach MK, founder of the Fitness Protection Program. I'm a run coach, not a life coach. We're never really talking about the running. Running is the tool. It's the conduit we use to examine the world we live in, as well as its impact on our own lives and the lives of the people around us. How we react to certain people and to certain stories tells us a lot about how we view ourselves. I'm committed to the thoughtful, intentional exploration of the importance of running so that no one discounts their own badassery, ever. Final note, this podcast is geared towards every runner who won't lose their home, livelihood, or health insurance if they show up to the corral with a hangover. Not that I'm encouraging you to do that, just saying. Sit back, relax. And enjoy the Fitness Protection Podcast. All right. Hi. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. This is Coach MK. You can hear Coach Sarah as usual. And we are trying something new. We are simulcasting between three different mediums. And if this works, I'm going to start playing around with some software this week. It should allow us to do this with a click of a button. And I won't have to open up three different. I won't have camera one and camera two anymore, uh, which will be really, that'll make life a little bit easier for, for me at least. Uh, I don't think anything is ever going to make life easier for poor coach Sarah over there, but we're, we're grateful that you hang out anyway, Sarah. I'm cool. 
Yeah, I, I don't need to be. My camera is not even working anyway. So even if there was the ability to have me on video, I would just be a black box. Oh my gosh, which I am anyway. But you know. <laughs> well, I tell you, like days like today, I kind of wish that my camera wasn't working. My eyes are still red. We had, um, we've had massive rainstorms that have been coming through. Like very typical oh. afternoon Colorado afternoon rainstorms that just bring all the pollen out and my eyes are bright red mm. from, and after you hear, when you guys hear tomorrow's mantra, if you're if the pocket, if you listen to our podcast, if, when you hear tomorrow's mantra, you'll understand it's kind of an emotional day. HRH, the baby violet starts preschool tomorrow. And I'm not, that's, I'm like, as it's, it's such a relief on one hand, on the other, it's like, where did the last 18 months go? Oh my gosh. It's, it's just very feeling. Got a lot, got a lot of feels, whole lot of feels over here. So I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I can't believe it's summer already and we're like, it's a whole new season of school. And yeah, I, I, I all of a sudden feel like Roz is going to be four any seconds. And, um, that this is the first age three is the first age where I feel like I know I'm going to miss this age. I mm-hmm. know I'm going to miss it. I'm going to look back on it very tenderly. Well, not um, only are you going to miss the age, something else you're going to be missing really soon is a paycheck. I hope you're like holding on to those for dear life. <laughs> Hey, I got, I got 11 more weeks of getting paid. So <laughs> we'll take it. Alex and I've been talking about I'm gonna sock it all away and then we'll just grow the hell out of this business and it'll be great. Um, you know, I'm, I feel like phase zero has been going very, very well. I can't wait to get the podcast launched and the other things that we have uh, on the, on the back burner off the ground build and run interrupted or are, we're getting ready to, to launch those too. So there are lots of, lots of good things coming down the pike. Yay. It's just sort of like, I need another person in order to do it. And I, what I really mean by that is I need another person who's willing to work for free in order to do it. Hello. Hello, Jennifer. So glad you're here. Hi, Jennifer. And so I'm thrilled to have, um, you guys have no idea how lucky we all are to have coach Sarah willing to be like coach Sarah, just being willing to do this. Um, I know I'm grateful every single day you're doing an amazing job. And I really, I hope that this will be worthy of, of your faith, but that's, if anything keeps me awake at night, it, it's mostly that. So, well, thank you. I, I really, I, I believe in this very, very much. And you know that, and it's, it's really important to me to be here in this phase. And I'm really glad that I'm here and I really want you to get some sleep. Okay. I really want you to get some sleep. <laughs> well, I think, I think like coming up soon, I'll be able to like the, now that the worst of like May is kind of behind us because, and actually all of May is behind us. It's June. Oh my gosh. It's June. How did that happen? Um, oh. that's I know, right. It's going to be June the 3rd tomorrow. I've got one week with RJ and Cheyenne at home. And then on the 10th, everyone's in school. And then with that, I mean, that's just going to free up so much time. I, I barely know what to do with myself. I mean, I know exactly what to do with myself. That time is going to be sucked up, <laughs> but it's it's yeah. to not feel torn all day hearing the last baby that's ever going to come out of my body downstairs um, is going to be that, that, that will already feel like a little bit less pressure knowing that she's uh you know, in a good place, but there's, there's that it's still all happened way too fast. And I'm a little bit sour and a little bit bitter because this, uh, you know, this, this final baby phase was not what I imagined it would be, yeah. but I had a good run today and it's the first good run yeah. I've really had since, three days at the fair since being in Philly. Uh, and I, I will take that. It's a small win, but it's a win. Nonetheless, I will take it. And I feel like I could go out again right now, which I know I don't need to, but the fact that after two weeks of like, oh, I really want to do this, where I just had failed to notice how much of an emotional 
toll life had been t- may have been t- taking on me for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different areas. Um, you know, I was blaming the running, of course, because like it's easy to talk about the running and it's hard to talk about everything else. But I mentioned this in the podcast as well, like some of the things that um, I kind of was forced to have to start talking about some of them this week. And that uh, just saying, saying them out loud for the first time is kind of like, oh, weight off my shoulders, weight off my chest. You know what? We're just going to keep moving forward. And that right there. So part of what I talk about with the heart rate training is that your body does not differentiate at all between physiological and psychological stress. It doesn't. When you are stressed out, period, it, your body doesn't care why. It's the same net hormonal impact. It's the same net impact on your cardiovascular system. Um, being really worried about something can send your heart rate up. Being scared can send your heart rate up. And everything that kicks in is, is very similar to what happens after a hard effort workout, which is not to say freaking out can make you really fit. Um, it can just make you really tired. So that's why we have to be specific and conscientious about all the workouts that we do above 140. There better be a very good reason for that stress. We need to be um, making sure that stress is productive and has something that we can't get we can't get elsewhere otherwise you know you have one fight with your spouse and it's not like you've undone everything but you've just you've just used all your chits and now congratulations if this happens several days in a row you're completely overtrained and that's the last thing I want for a person so I have felt overtrained all week long and it turns out no man I was just stressed out but here we are going into summer I already feel a lot better um just you know dealing with shit all of a sudden makes everything else easier to to manage and uh yeah we're we're, we're kind of doing that and looking forward to whatever this week is going to bring hopefully it will be more rain <laughs> because we totally need more rain but um if you hear if you guys hear noises there's another thunderstorm that's about to pass just like last week it's colorado uh, after oh, springtime <laughs> so if, if you hear anything um that that's you know if i get up and and put the, put the shades down. I apologize. That's, that's just a storm coming in. I'm trying to, you know, brace us all from it. So if you're new to the channel, my name's coach MK Fleming on the line. I also have coach Sarah Axelrod. We're of the fitness protection program, www.fitnessprotection.com. This is our weekly segment. Ask the coaches where we sort of talk through anything that we're thinking and feeling, anything that's come up in our own training this week. And we take all of the questions that are being asked around us. I'm nowhere near as entertaining as my good friend, Debbie Shear, who just joined here on Facebook. Hi, Debbie. You're amazing at pride, by the way. I, I uh, really want to come out and see you and I need, more lists of what like times that you perform because you're really good if you're in the denver area look for debbie shear she's a local comedian she's mom she's badass i love everything she says and does i cannot like look at her enough as creepy as that sounds yeah i mean it and i would encourage you to go take a look at, at, at everything that she's doing too so with that let's get started with Ask the coach. See what questions people had for this uh, had for us this week. If you aren't aware, by the way, we have a threadless shop. Yeah, you can get these neat little t-shirts. Uh, free shipping until June sixteenth. Thank you very much. Yay! Oh, thank you, Debbie. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not, like like I said, I can only aspire to be as, as as funny as you are and look as good in makeup as you do. She's a beautiful woman. Oh my god! Um, if you know any single people, send them Debbie's way. She loves uh, talking about her love life, and it gives me fodder. It gives her fodder for comedy and uh, things things for us to hear about. Um, in the in the audience, so going to hop on over to the ask the coach, see what kind of questions are um, burning up the hearts and minds of all my runners this week. Yay! Oh, I'm not in the right. We've got a big night in rebuild, and we've got a chill night in maintain. I was going to say, is there anything in maintain? Oh, oh, there Three is questions in maintain, and they're both pretty quick ones, actually. I think um, rebuild is eight questions. Why is it showing and me a chart? 
Yeah, it's so it, it says three responses for maintain, but two of them are the same one. It must have submitted twice by accident. And so it's displaying it a little bit weird. But if you click on individual, you should be able to just scroll through them. Do you want me to read them? Yes, because I'm clicking yeah. on it and it just, I'm like, okay. why, why do I have a question? A question chart is something I'm not prepared yeah, to handle. No, the today. question chart makes oh zero sense to me. I have no idea why, but I figured out how to get the text in front of me. Okay, so the first question is, can we lump all the strength moves into one or two days rather than the four days as written? Is there a reason we shouldn't? Thanks. Okay, so the, the answer to that is yes, you absolutely can. Um, and before I go much further, just want to, if, you, if you're watching and these are your questions and you have a follow-up question, uh, Coach Sarah is watching all of the chats in all of the rooms uh don't try don't try too hard to confuse her because like i said we're not paying her enough for, enough just yet but the fastest hey, I'm place pretty, i'm pretty smart though so <laughs> you, i mean she was working at harvard just saying she quit hard i don't know you quit harvard to work for me i don't know that we can claim like we can play the harvard card as like proof of your uh, intellect right uh, for in, in the short term anyway sarah we'll see it's gonna take several years for that to pan out um, but if, you, if you're listening, if you have comments, you have follow-up questions, um, the fastest place for me to see them is in Twitch. And that's twitch.tv forward slash CoachMK. Um, if you are putting your comments in the live stream, either via the YouTube channel or the Facebook page, Coach Sarah is likely to see those. Um, but it'll take a minute for her to interrupt me and interject those comments into the flow. But I will go also go back through and make sure that we've tied everything up and we've cleaned and we've answered all the questions and all the follow-ups before we end the broadcast. So if we haven't gotten to your question yet, just hang on uh, a little bit longer. So the, the, the first question from Maintain was, can we combine all four strength circuits um, into one big strength extravaganza? Is there a reason to spread them out? Well, the reason that we spread them out, um, well, to back up a little bit further, the reason that it's done this way in the first place was that 30 minutes of strength is a, is a big ask. It's a lot to ask anyone for. I mean, I could barely get people to do the silly toes warm-ups, much less the foam rolling if I wasn't doing it with you or turning it into a thing. So, and foam rolling is coming back very soon, you guys. So now... I was, I was going to say June the, uh, June the 3rd, but it's going to be June the 10th when like we were on lockdown with the new schedule and trying things out. So um, originally I was like, all right, just but we have to do a few things to keep people strong. I get it that we can't carve out another 30 minutes. How about three? Just give me th anyone can find three minutes that really doesn't want to get injured. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything that's stupid. And it's easy to be like, oh, that doesn't matter. It's only three minutes. But I swear if you do it, it compounds like interest and coins in the bank. And if you want to talk to your kids about saving saving money and being responsible, then you got to walk the walk. Those pennies add up into dollars and these strength moves add up into really beautiful muscles that will support you during these endurance events, no matter how stupid the event that you want to do actually is. And I say that lovingly because obviously I'm here to facilitate oh, okay. even people that want to run a marathon every week for a year. I got hit, hit with that recently and uh, I, I might actually take that client. So um, well, her, her, her premise is very interesting and we'll have her on the podcast to talk more about that if this, if this Okay, all right. I'm yeah. I don't say yes to very many things. I'm I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, so, so yes, you can do all four moves, but then this is where it turns into, I know most, most of our runners are, are rule followers and you guys like rules and you want a rule, um, that you can break basically, or an exception you can make to the rule that you can follow a little too closely. And that's, I get that. That's okay. So the rule is this, either do the strength as written or do it all two times through three times a week. 
I think you'll find that doing a little bit every day is better, even if you're doing each circuit twice through. I asked for one. Two is great if you can do it. Um, and you can do it once with me at night and once with Coach Sarah the next day. Um, we plan. And the reason that we do that is to give you a point of contact with us. If you have a question, um, rather than just kind of throwing it all over the place so that we're uh, finding questions wherever people feel like putting them, we're trying to keep the, com the communication channels really uh, locked in tight so you know exactly what to do and where to go and how to find us. You are never required to watch us live, but if you want it, but we'll tell you when live is going to happen and you can catch us to ask questions whenever you want. So I'm making the effort to giving you two points of contact each day, one with me at night when I demonstrate the strength circuit for the next day. So after this later and I put the kids down, I will go live and demonstrate this, the strength circuits and, and coach you all through all the moves in both maintain and um, rebuild private Facebook pages. And then Coach Sarah will do them live the next day. And uh, again, that's that ends up being quite a bit of strength. So that gives you two opportunities. You can do them with us. You can do them twice. We can do them at, at the same time. You can watch poor, poor Coach Sarah just like cry because I think tomorrow is clam day. And it's every everything is clams. Everything is clams in both, <laughs> both rooms. So, okay. I haven't looked yet, but I had a feeling. Oh, it's yeah, pretty, yeah. yeah Rebuild is all, all clams tomorrow. It's all clams Rebuild. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Cry. Yay for booties! I mean, you know, it's if you really so want a good, good for us, you want so a summer good. booty, you're gonna you're gonna get it if you if you do both, and you can have access to both if you're if you subscribe to the Fitness Protection YouTube channel because I've put um, everything is in the membership area of your site, but we've got a couple people that don't use Facebook and others that have had trouble logging in. So for now, all the strength, the, the demonstrations for each circuit um, are publicly available in the YouTube channel while I wait for Wix and get that sorted out on the back end. So the, that's a very long way of. Saying Saying, yes, you can do them all at once, but um, this is why it's structured the way that it is. Use it however you want. This is guided DIY. The rule that I would guide for you is do them as written. Try to do them twice through. If that's not an option, we get it, and that's okay. If the timeliness of the strength of uh, the circuit demonstrations don't work for you, and by the time you have time to sit down and watch them, you are not in a place where you can form them, cool. Trail behind us however you like. Do them all the way, all four circuits, all the way through three times a week. Physiologically, um, that's why we do it this way and maintain. In rebuild, it's a bit of a different, it's a bit of a different notion. I really prefer for rebuild to spread that out because this is the what we're thinking in rebuild. And I'm saying this like, you know, I, I get this as a question in the maintain group, but I, I've, if if anyone from rebuild is watching, the rule for you is a little bit different because what we're attempting to do in maintain is maintain or build on a certain level modicum of strength that we're and, and fitness that we're okay with with rebuild we're trying we're making a concerted effort to leverage existing muscle memory to come back to a place where we once were and then eventually hopefully maybe maintain it hang out there or surpass it that's not i mean i don't need you to you know like shoot for the moon what i do need you to do is stay healthy for life and this is good and these strength moves are a good way to facilitate all of the cardiovascular activities that will keep you alive and healthy longer and stronger so that you don't end up like my like my dad did yay so to that end with rebuild what we're trying to do is reactivate and re-engage certain muscle groups again leveraging that muscle memory and that that, uh, the plan, as you see it written there, we're doing that a little bit of, at a time. Trying to do half an hour of strength all at once for most of the folks in Rebuild is not only like, God, I don't want to do that. It's probably not the best idea. So as a general rule in Rebuild, do it as written. In Maintain, you have more flexibility because the, op the operating uh, assumption of Maintain is that you don't need to 
activate. You don't need to recruit. We just need to engage and maybe challenge those muscle groups a little bit in order to, in order to get stronger. Whereas with rebuild, we know we're accepting, we are not ready to be challenged yet. So that's really the difference in the approach between the two programs. Sarah? Cool. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. I, like, oh I, no, no, no. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm digesting all that. I'm glad to know that. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. And I'm guessing that the reason you want to do it a few times a week, if you're doing them all at once, is that like, you just, you don't want to go multiple days without doing any strength moves, right? Like that's, that's the idea there. Correct. We need to yeah. be, cause everything it's, 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 it's hard to see how cumulative it actually is, but how all of the pieces, by the time we get to the end of a week, you've worked all the major and minor supporting muscle groups that you need uh, to, to succeed as a runner. So every day that you're not performing one of the circuits, you're not engaging in recruiting those muscles. So, and uh, so anything that isn't used uh, for right. between two and three days, it starts to go away a little bit. So we need to kind of close that gap, either doing a little something every day is good doing something, um, uh, doing 30 minutes of something three times a week is fine. As long as you can be consistent about it. But what I really, um, aim to give, and you're going to see this, I've got a series of Instagram posts that are getting ready to go up, um, and posts on the blog. If you don't subscribe to, I know it's a different page, but I don't want, I don't like filling everyone's inbox with effectively unnecessary emails. I have a blog over at coachedandlove.com. I did not want to start a blog at fitness protection. I really want to kind of keep that clean. Um, but in the blog, we're going to, I'm going to start talking through BATNAs. You're in, 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 uh, and I don't have a sexier name for this yet, but in business school uh, or in, in, in any of my previous roles, I had to do a lot of negotiations and in any negotiation, you don't go there without your BATNA, which is the best alternative to a negotiating agreement. People on the other side that you're negotiating with forget that this exists because we're always so focused on trying to, I'm going to get everything and there's nothing left on the table. The problem with that is if you're sitting, if you're sitting across from someone that knows you're coming in with that, like almost predatory type mindset that you better hope they don't have a batna. You better hope that they have to do business with you because the next time they don't have to, they won't. And I am that person. I'm just like, Whoa, I don't want to get involved in that long battle. So the, my, I'm like, what is my batna? What, what do I need to get? And do I already have it? Do I have to get it from this person or can I get it elsewhere? So with what that has to do with, again, with running, is that, you know, it, my best alternative to engaging with this other person in a negotiation is my BATNA. My best alternative to what's written on the training plan on a day when I just don't have it in me and I'm kind of like, whoa, no, as a run, that workout is avocado toast or stride sandwich. And the only difference there is the placement of the strides. And they're in the middle, then it's a stride sandwich. If they're at the end, it's avocado toast. Boring, bland, but provides everything you need and you can eat it every day. It's not, we're not here for eye candy. We are here for soul food in fitness protection. Um, though I like to think of your hair as eye candy, Sarah. Did you just come up with that? Like just now? I probably saw it somewhere to be honest. Like anything that comes out of my mouth is pretty cool. I probably, I'm going to write it down. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. That's going in the ad campaign. And I'm really (laughs) excited. So I've been working. That's the other thing I've been working on this afternoon with that, with, 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 um, a quiet house. Um, but oh yeah, we're gosh. not going for eye candy. We're not, it's not going to be the prettiest thing that's going to attract people's attention on Strava, but it's going to be something that you can do every day that's geared towards you, that's for you, that's interesting. And I'm going to come up with the strength circuit that's the same thing. Um, generally speaking, if it's like, oh, I don't know what to do, you can always go back to BOSU number one, BOSU booty number one. I know it's been a, I know it's been a while since you guys have seen it. It's one of the best staple workouts I have. If you don't own a BOSU ball, I'm going to come up with the equivalent to that. And that circuit will never be 
part of the training plans. It's just like in a pinch, I've got nothing. What can I do? I'm going to give you an option of something. I don't feel like doing what's written. I don't want to do what's over here. Then here are your BATNAs, your BATNA workouts. Your BATNA run is avocado toast, your stride sandwich. And your BATNA strength work is going to be um, what what I have, the, the work in progress I have not finished yet, but it's going to have an equally boring name, probably like Stan. <laughs> hey, and R for Roz. And R for Roz. Roz would like to say goodnight. Goodnight, and- Roz. And also, there should be a workout Bye. called R for Roz. R for Roz, I can do that. Okay. I have a workout called R for Roz. Can I have a kiss goodnight? Mm-hmm. Love you. Oh. Oh, and a hug. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. This is this is our ritual now. Roz comes in to say goodnight. That is that is our that's her bargaining chip. I love that. Or rather, it's my bargaining chip. <laughs> okay. So I think I think we I think we did pretty good on that question. Totally. All right. What's the next one? I can I'm looking at the questions and the next go back to that. I have so many tabs open right now. Okay. Uh the next one is I currently have a polar M four hundred watch with a chest strap. I saw Coach MK was sporting a new polar and I wanted to know thoughts on what you think is the best watch for heart rate training. Also, what are your thoughts on chest strap or wrist for heart rate monitor? Okay. We knock out the last one pretty quick, the 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 last part pretty quick. The rest. Well, when it comes to watches, I'm kind of indifferent to what you use. I'm, I'm all about low-hanging fruit. Um, I do not have partnerships with other companies, and I don't want them. Like when I built out the revenue model for this company, um, I specifically excluded partnerships and sponsorships um, and merch. I mean, I do this because it's fun, and if you want a shirt, you can have it. But I'm not depending on you buying it in order to be able to pay Coach Sarah or myself even going forward. Um, and the reason for that is that like the second you have a sponsorship in place or a partnership, people don't don't trust it. The second you hand them a discount code, it's like, oh, thank you. I get a discount. What do you get? You know, did they no longer trust the recommendation? Um, right, and right. if you saw that, there's a big piece in courts that came out, the rise of the micro influencer. And that is why they're finding out that these people with like a million Facebook followers, no one's actually buying the stuff that they, they sell. Like you go there for brand awareness, but not actually for sales. So you're going to get in front of a million eyeballs if you're on Kim Kardashian's Instagram, but that's not going to translate into even like 10,000 sales necessarily because that no one believes for a second that Kim Kardashian is using the products that she, that they, they, because they know it's a paid sponsorship type of post. So I say this with, with love because if I say that I like something, I actually like something. I'm, I don't, I don't want money from people to, so I like polar. I always have. And the reason I'm all about polar um, is because it's what we had in the eighties. Like that's what my, that's what my dad received um, following his, uh, his, the massive coronary that he, that he had in the, in the quintuple bypass as part of his cardio rehab. He had to use a heart rate monitor. And the only one on the market at the time was a polar. And it's the one that I trust. Even when Garmin came, it came on the scene and it became a thing and everyone had to have a Garmin. Garmin didn't offer heart rate monitoring capabilities right off the bat. They would and introduced that until roughly 2011, and it wasn't very good. It was terrible, as a matter of fact. Tom, Tom, same thing. The, the connectivity between like Garmin and the satellites was amazing. But if you needed connectivity between like your heart and your watch, you went with Polar. I'm told I the most recent, uh, the last time I tried a Garmin was right before I bought my V800. That would have been uh, roughly 2016, and I didn't have a problem with it. But it was really light, and I didn't like 
I, I'm so used to using a puller at this point that navigating the Garmin kind of drove me crazy. And I didn't like what I'm so used to seeing. Puller, again, it's avocado toast. It is boring. It is simple. There's nothing flashy. And I like that because I, anything I want, I've got right there. I'm not being distracted by a whole bunch of data points that don't really tell you anything. Um, and that really at my stage of fitness, I don't need to know vertical oscillation to be able to infer that maybe my hips could be a whole lot stronger. And then I'm using a whole lot of push off to go forward as opposed to actually powering from my booty. So that there's, that's, that's why I prefer polar. It's like, I don't need all that other. Um, what is the best though? I kind of don't care. Whatever you have that works for you, that's where I would start. And maybe if you have a smartphone, um, where you start is a Wahoo strap, um, with, with the app, or maybe it's yeah. a polar or strap any, with the app. Any strap, any Bluetooth strap will pair with the Wahoo fitness app. I'm pretty sure. Cause that's what I started with when I was like, I don't know about this whole higher training thing. I'm not going to spend a bunch of money. Yeah. You know, so I got, I, I downloaded the Wahoo fitness app. I got a polar H seven strap, um, which was like $35 and they've moved past that strap at this point. Yeah. But the, the H 10, I think is the one they have now, mm. but it, but it didn't have to be a Wahoo strap. It paired with any Bluetooth strap. Totally. Um, yeah. And, and, and once, you know, I did that for about three months and I was like, all right, this is working, but it's super annoying. The Wahoo app is a little annoying. Yes. Um, it's not as easy to use as polar flow. It, it's not as nice as a watch to sort of communicate with. And so I got the M 400, which I've had for three years. And it is like you say, super boring and bland and non-flashy and people see it and they're like, Ooh, like, is that a smartwatch? And I'm like, Nope. nope. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's a really dumb funny. watch. Comment on it. It's a pretty dumb watch, but but I think because I have the like bright blue strap, everyone's like, "Wow!" Um, it's it, it's not as smart as it looks, but it it does everything that I need, and the quirks that it has just I, I've already learned it. I don't feel like learning another thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because when it comes to technology, you, they could always sell you more. And that's another reason before you go shopping, know your bad. Now, what do I need to get? What do I need it to do? What's my best alternative to an upgrade? Why am I considering an upgrade? I don't need you to buy the fanciest thing out there. If you want to buy the fanciest thing out there and you're like, MK, justify this purchase, I'll be like, okay. I will do that. But if you're asking me, what do I need to get? I'm saying, start where you are, find what works with where you're at. And then from there, determine what your needs are. Let's say you've been running with the, with the, the, you buy the Wahoo strap. And I think it's, it's, it's affordable at like 30 bucks or something. You're using yeah. that. You go out for a week and you know, like, you're like, you know what? I don't like this. Cause I don't like having to push a button. I want it to, I want to know, I want this data right away without having to wake up my phone mid run. Cool. Mm -hmm. Then we go from yeah. there. Then, then we say, okay, at this is the point then where you want to watch. So which watch do you want? What's your budget? What, what, what do we really need to do? Um, I would argue you don't need all this. I just really wanted all this um, because there's some new features on the, on the Polar Vantage V and that's mine. It's, it's not the Vantage M. That's the more reasonably priced one. This was the, the top of the line. But there are two things that I can do with this watch that you guys um, will see later because one of them is broadcasting and I'm very excited about that. So I'm going to start streaming eventually while I run. Um, and the other is in a broadcasting oh. location live while I'm running too. So this will, this will run to a GoPro. It'll run to a camera and it will connect to, it's the first watch that's kind of low key connected to all the other things I would want to connect with so that I don't have to purchase the $2,000, very expensive running backpack, which I've kind of like held my breath about for a while because you have $600 a month in data fees. If you, if you, once you go that direction. So this might be a, a cheaper lower key way of, of, of moving in that direction, which I would like to do. Um, and then finally, there's um, a concept of trim, 
TRIMP is a measure of cardiovascular stress, strain, and load. It's separate from muscular load. Your muscles can be perfectly recovered and your cardiovascular system may not be. So how what Training Peaks does is, is what, what it does well, better than any other training mechanism out there, and especially Strava, is split those notions in half so that as a coach, if I'm looking at someone who's doing, say, a marathon every week, I can look at them side by side. If I'm talking to Julie, who just ran 50 fucking miles and is getting ready to do another 100k i can look at her numbers and i can separate out the cardiovascular load from with like the trimp score from what her muscles are feeling and then kind of combine that with what i see in the logs in a very interesting visual way that has not existed before i have to do it myself and make make the visual grasp myself right now um in training peaks because i'm very particular about what i want to see and how uh thank you for thank you warden and 10 years of working in finance. But that aside for me, I'm just like, if I can see it on the screen and it's good enough and it's close enough to, it replicates what I do for my one-on-one clients. Awesome. And it looks like it does. So that's why I went with the Polar Vantage V, the cardio load, the trim score, um, the visualization of the recovery cycle, um, separate from um, muscular soreness. Cause really we didn't have a really good way to measure that for a long time. As so that's why I bought this and I love it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Ask me again in 42 days when all the data has caught up to where I am and the watch is to know me and it's predictions. We'll see if it's because every, all of these numbers that I'll look at are 42 day rolling averages. So once we've gotten to 42 days, then the predictions start becoming really interesting. So ask me 40, ask me what I've had this for like, what a week and a half now, ask me like 28 days from now, how I feel about the watch. If the predictions have kicked in, if the rolling averages are looking good, if the predictions are as good as I think that they eventually will be. So I'm finding that really exciting for everyone else though. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. Apple watch, I, I'm not here to knock it, but that's not a fitness watch. And they say so themselves. And most folks that I train who run with an Apple watch, um, don't love it for our purposes. Same with Fitbit. Um, the, the, the idea between like the notion between Koros and Koros is the ultra runners watch. that has like 50 hours of battery life, something ungodly between Koros and, um, and Strava, I'm sorry, Chorus and Polar and Garmin, people seem to be pretty indifferent. Um, pretty much everything else that's out there, there are some, there are some downsides. Like, uh, like the, the, the Vivo Fit was intended to be a fitness tracker. Nothing wrong with it, but, um, it, it isn't, it's, it's updating like every 15 seconds. And that, drives some of my people absolutely crazy. And they're like, nope, I had to upgrade to, you know, a real running watch. So when my clients um, who are not, you know, going to win races or the races that they're in are talking about having a real watch, I pay attention to that. And uh, I think those companies should too. So what do I need you to get? Whatever you can afford that's going to like meet the bare minimums. And for most folks, that's what, that's what they can be. At the same time, I've, if you, if you're like, well, I love my Apple watch. I am not going to argue with you. Keep loving your Apple Watch. If what you have works, awesome, great. I have no problem with anything people want to do that gives that gives them the information that they want in the moment that they want it. I'm not going to tell you that what you're doing, um, that that the choice you've made or the purchase that you made of this thing that isn't a problem is actually something that needs to be solved. It's just not how I roll. Um, so as in the final note, I believe there was a question there about chest strap versus wrist wrist strap. Yeah, the yeah that was the last part. The technology that made an optical sensor possible came to pass in around 2011, and um, it did. It became refined enough to hit the market in 2013. That doesn't mean it's good. 
Um, it doesn't mean it's where uh, it's there's still a differential for most humans between the optical sensor on the wrist and the sensor um, and that the, the information coming from a strap um, while a body is in motion. And here's where the difference tends to lie. People that are larger with more body fat with bigger rib cages or women who are gifted and already have to wear two sports bras. These people tend to prefer the, the optical sensor. They don't want to have, they're like, this works. It's fine. I get what I need. The chest strap was a disaster. Um, it, it, it cut all the way down to the bone. It wasn't significantly better for people like um, people that are smaller and or that and, and again it's not about being like fat or thin it's about how tight if you're a person with a with not a lot of body fat and little bitty wrists little bony wrists little bird bones and uh, you're gonna have to if you're wearing the, your watch because most of us have these watches and we wear them all the time every day if you're wearing the, you're gonna have to tighten that watch a lot to get a decent read um during your workout say hi mr mk yay to get a decent read during your workout and that can be really annoying so it's so for for me with the optical sensor i had to wear it so tightly that it felt like i was getting purple tunnel my wrists i would have to pop them after my runs were over it was really uncomfortable while i was out there and this is something i hear a lot women with small boobs women with that uh, with this, uh, like you know, really, really low amounts, absurdly low amounts of body fat. Um, they, we, I don't, I have a lot of body fat, but I have really tiny boobs. We tend to prefer the chest strap and mainly because it doesn't bother us. I mean, the, 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 the bra, the running bra that I go out there with is just, it's kind of like a sock. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't have cups. I don't need them. It's, it's fine. Um, so to that effect, the more you have on your chest, the, the harder it is probably to just stomach the chest strap as to what I want you to wear. I don't really care. I don't need you. A strap is not, a chest strap is not so superior that you need to wear something that chases you down to the bone and makes you miserable every time you're, you're out there. Do what works for you. But broadly and generally speaking, um, bigger humans tend to like the optical sensor and smaller humans tend to like the, uh, the chest strap. And don't read into that. I know that like the talk about, you know, fat, thin, big, small, whatever, like this is not even trying to use coded language. I'm just trying to make sure that that communication is heard. Um, since having my, before having, um, Violet, my, I could not handle the optical sensor. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, now that I've had her, I got a bit more fat. I'm like, Oh man, I see what they're talking about. This is pretty good. It's pretty, it's almost as accurate as my chest strap, but that, but it, the technology itself has not changed since 2013. My body is what has changed. So I don't mind the optical sensor now, but I still much prefer the chest strap because it's a way more reliable. When I go out there, there are whole periods, especially when it's hot, especially when it's human, especially when I'm sweating a lot where there'll be some interference with, with, the data I've taken, I'm like, all I need to know is where my heart rate is. If I look down and I see cadence or I look down, and that's another reason I don't love polar. It's a known error where it'll pick up cadence instead of heart rate. That never happens with polar. Um, when I look down and I see 68 and I'm like, that's a Garmin error. That's a Garmin error. And it's a yeah. no, it's been a known error since roughly 2016 or so they've worked okay. on it, but they haven't completely eliminated it. And a lot of the lines outside of the Phoenix line, I'm told the Phoenix line tends to be really reliable. Um, but that's the high end, 
triathlete, a multi-sport watch. So anything that's a little further down the line is a little, um, you know, that, that error tends to present more and more and they're not quite sure why. Um, so when I look down and I see something that's clearly my cadence, um, and that tends to, that tends to happen either when it's been dropped, um, the signal's been dropped, or again, I'm sweating where it's a really cold day. Um, then that, then all of a sudden we're really hot day. Um, then that optical sensor doesn't work very well for me. So I like having the chest strap as backup. That's what I feel and how I'm not going to tell you what to feel or how to deal. Fine works for you and just keep doing that. Yay. Wow. Yay. That, and that's everything in maintain. That's everything in maintain. Yep. All right. Let me go. Okay, um, see the rebuild questions or do you want me to read them? I can, but you know what? This is so much fun. I might ask you to keep reading them as soon as I. Sure. Susan, I'm adding your stream marker at uh, 36 minutes and eight seconds. There we go. Okay. All right. Hello, Rebuilds. Question one. I pretty much stand and or walk all day at work. I wear good shoes and compression socks. I do have short periods where I get to sit throughout the day. At the end of most days, my legs are tired and my knees are achy. Any suggestions for legs that are already tired before a run? Would love to run in the mornings, but it's just not going to happen Tuesday to Friday. It would mean running in the dark alone, and I live out in the country where there is very dark. Yay! Um, stand up. You know, it's tough. When your legs are already tired before a run, a run is probably like the last thing you want to do. Um, oh, really tough. I run after work one day a week, and it's like, oh, really? Oh, my God. People do this every day? How do they do it? I don't know. Right? Yeah. Uh, and running in the dark alone is not everyone. Yeah, no, I mean, this is hard. The fact that you still want to run despite this as, cause this would be, this, this is the, the perfect storm where people tend to say like, mm, running's just not for me with, with my life and where we're at right now. And, uh, and I respect that. But what I would do when your legs are, when legs are tired before, uh, before a run or when I just don't want to go strides, um, as you can, as you I ask, mm. it, it's worth it. If you are friends with Julie or Tamara or Susan DeLeo on Facebook, they recently did three days at the fair. And one of the long runs that they had for the past 12 weeks was, was something I called the mashup long run. And with the mashup, um, I basically was mashing up every tool and trick that they would need to get through 14 plus hours of running, because especially around that one mile loop on a parking lot in New Jersey, like, which sounds terrible. And, and it was, but here's what gets you through when you start to fatigue. Um, all we need, sometimes we can, that, that's real, but we can sort of override all of those neuromuscular connections that are telling you that you're tired by running fast and not running like going out and just balls out doing whatever you want to do, but very controlled with a stride or one by one. So when it comes to muscular soreness, that's what we can do. That strides or that um, those neuromuscular um, stimuli that lead to speed. And that's uh, and it, again, so it's 20 seconds from start to finish. You've got, you kind of come in at a jog, slowly ramping up to about no faster than uh, 10K pace, 5K pace, somewhere in there. But no, this is not a full out sprint. And then slowly and carefully decelerating back to a jog all over the course of 20 seconds. And then after that, you're going to want to recover for about 40 seconds and then do it again. So 20 seconds plus 40 seconds is one minute. So six of those is six minutes long. If you were to just do your silly toes warm up and then kind of force yourself to do six or eight strides, you might find that your, your muscles are awake enough that they might be excited 
to move. And that's something that's something to consider. Um, the compression socks are definitely going to help with some of the fatigue. Um, but this is also where nutrition is going to become important. Make sure that, um, you know, when you, you, when you sit down, when you can, that you're doing stretches, um, that you're getting, you're getting a lot of magnesium because magnesium and potassium are two things that we tend to lose a lot, uh, that we lose quite easily when we're doing things to, forget what we're doing, right? So when we're college students and we're trying to stay up all night long, we're drinking a whole lot of coffee, we're actually washing a lot of the trace minerals out of our body with the sheer volume of, um, of, of fluid that we're taking in. So those are just some ideas. Um, but yeah, no, don't don't worry about what you can't, don't focus on what you can do and not what you can't do. Like if running in the mornings is not gonna happen now, that's cool, we don't need it to. What we do need to find is a way to mitigate um, the soreness from standing. And if maybe if we can't make it go away from, you know, foot massages or um, having, so I have, this is another product that I like. I have two of these under my desk. Sorry, I know this is, I also have a lot of dust under my desk because you can see it fly out in the camera. Um, I forget what this is called, Moji. Uh, and I just rub my feet on them all the time. And you can buy um, pads with these locked into them that you can like stop to slip, slip your feet out and rub over them. And that's what I have under my, that's what I have under my desk. I'm pretty much consciously, uh, sorry, constantly rubbing my feet over those whenever I'm sitting down, except right now, because it would just looks, it would look really weird. You become, I'm already conscientious enough of like how weird my lips and neck look when I'm on camera. Like I have a lot of ticks I wasn't aware of until I started doing this. <laughs> so so bad, isn't and, it? it's so and, hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What? it's like the first time I recorded myself I realized how frequently I said mm, uh, and uh, you know I so it's all coming out now so this re I'm not doing it at the moment but usually when I'm sitting under my desk thinking I'm rubbing my feet over things it might be worth investing in a couple emojis that you could have to uh, if you know massaging your own feet doesn't feel doesn't sound fun it doesn't sound like a good idea something like the emoji with those little rollers that actually is always a great idea and you can throw them in the freezer or pull them out when you get home and put your feet over them and that feels really nice too because part of all that standing is going to be inflammation and rubbing your feet over something cold should help with that. Awesome. Yay. Next question. Yes. Okay. Hi, first off, I'm loving this program. Having the structure of a training program without the pressure of a goal I am nowhere ready for is so good for me. Yes. Love that. My question, when I do accelerators, one of my hamstrings barks at me for a day or two. Is this a sign I'm not ready for that yet? Should I double down on any strength exercise in particular to get ready or just be patient? With that, I would cut the accelerators immediately because we don't mess with hamstrings ever. If we can see a PT, if that's available to you, let's do that sooner before this becomes a thing. Because if it's happening during accelerators, it's going to happen during the harder efforts that are going to come up on Monday and Wednesday of this week. Um, so if that's happening now, then let's not add to that in any way. Let's find out what's causing it. Um, usually anything that's causing the hamstring to bark is mechanical. Meaning, and the good thing about a mechanical problem is that we can solve a mechanical problem. Um, mm -hmm. it, we can solve a biomechanical problem. Chances are pretty good that if even like the, the biggest one that PTs like to throw down and say is like, oh, one leg is longer than the other. It's honestly, it's not a big deal. They're a lot, they're professional runners. Nobody is perfectly symmetric. So it's, it's how do we cope and how do we compensate um, what muscles are able to cope and compensate in different planes of motion? That's really the question we address with the physical therapist. So it's not like, oh, one leg's longer than the other. Wah, wah, game over. Remember the question you always go in and you ask, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And you don't leave until you have the answers to that. Take a, take a, a, a print out at least one copy of one week of the training plan, take it in and say, this is what I'm supposed to do. Help me modify it. Don't 
Uh Don't sit there and say everything is fine. This person works for you. So make that time work for you as well. So anything that's going on with your hamstrings, let's just get on top of it before it becomes bigger. Because if you can't do an accelerator, then you probably can't do, um, you can't lift your body weight out of a chair. This was something that we had um, on, on the agenda, I think, last month. And it was trying to rise from a seated position or at least practicing attempting to rise from a seated position without this knee bending inward so that uh, yeah. the lower down we I are was in maintain yeah this person is in rebuild oh that was in maintain okay sorry the, yeah my yeah, bad the, but but everyone should try it it is hard as hell it's really hard <laughs> and it's called that that move right there is called the chair test and every time i go to see alex latin um or the strength my who's my physical therapist here at atlas physical therapy in denver colorado um he is the person like that's one of the first things he has me do he's like right sit in the chair stand up out of the chair or he's watching me that SOB watches me like wait even though I shouldn't have to and then comes over and is like okay and he watches me rise out of the chair um just to see how I do it and what I do and it's gotten to the point I know what he's looking for so I just do it on one leg sit down then do it on the other and he's like okay come on back um so to that end it's a pretty important test it's one that if you have not when I'm working with someone one-on-one I won't put them on a track to do traditional type of speed work until they have passed that test successfully and their PT has told me so because People are like, I came really close. Like, close is not the same. Because um, And we're hill repeats. I won't let you do tr- uh, traditional type hill repeats or track work until I know you pass the chair test. And this is why, if you can't pass the chair test, then the second we change that plane of motion and have you running hard uphill with a booty that isn't ready to support your body's weight, your hamstrings are going to do the extra work. Your quads are going to be doing the extra work. And we're going to burn those out uh, to the point that we're not going to make it through the training cycle. And if anyone's listening, this might have been you in the past. It's it's really familiar. The when we when the big muscle groups aren't doing what we want them to do, the little ones compensate. Hamstrings are a compensatory group. They don't they don't really operate on their own. They are supporting cast members. So when they bark, that's a sign, a big red flag. There's a bigger physiological something going on, and it's it's just too hard for me to determine what until you've seen um, the physical therapist. And if the physical therapist is like, no, you're fine. Then guess what? That's coming from your pelvic floor. Sorry. Okay. So I think that is, I hope that's, um, I hope that's a good answer for whoever's listening. Hopefully you can get to a physical therapist and ask for an assessment. I've been dealing with some hamstring issues recently and physical therapy has been really, really helpful. And I haven't had to decrease my running that much, um, in order to, you know, do the work necessary. And so, you know, go into it knowing that like everyone, everyone is on your team and everyone wants to get you where you need to go. And, um, it's, it's really good to ask for help before something turns into anything like really big and serious. And it sounds like we're at that point. Yeah. And I know that as a woman, there are times I, there are places I won't go without my husband because people don't hear me when I say I'm in pain or they don't, when I say this isn't working, it isn't taken seriously. Um, if that's where you're at, Find another physical therapist. Find a new doctor. Alex Landon has never treated me like a girl. And that's one of the reasons I still go there. When I say that he's the best physical therapist I've ever had, that's specifically what I'm talking about. When I say this hurts, he's like, okay, and he investigates. It's like he doesn't try to read between the lines or make assumptions about you know, how, oh, well, she, it it must not be that bad. It's, you know, he's known me for five, five, almost six years. And when I come in and I say that I'm in pain, he's like, 
she, I mean, the look on his face when I, when, um, when I had said, I had text, I had, um, emailed him to be, to be like, I think there's something wrong with my arm. Um, and he's like, I don't, I'm not, op- I don't have any availability till Friday. When I walked in the door that Friday and he saw me in his office, he was like, Oh my God, I had no idea. He's like, I mean, and I should have, I should have, it was a very quick correction. When you say I'm in pain and you're reaching out, that means you got hit by a car type pain. I'm like, that's, that's fair. Um, but I, I, I digress. So a lot of us, we, we, I get it as a woman, there are things you can't say because we don't, the second you say this hurts, that means you're weak. We're not talking about the pain. We're talking about your response to that stimulus. Find someone that's not going to judge your response or make you feel judged. That's not going to tell you what you actually feel because they don't know. Find someone who listens. If that PT doesn't, yeah. let's find a new one. Yeah. Because if they're not listening, they're not going to heal you. Agreed. Okay. Next question. Yeah. Hi, I'm loving Rebuild. It has me running regularly again, and it's amazing. Thank you for putting this together. Yay. Yay. I live in a hilly area and have been treadmilling and driving to the flat area to run. However, at some point, I'd like to be able to run from home again. Any suggestions for this? Will I get to a point where I'll be sub 140 or 150 on the hills? It takes time. That's going to be a function of power and power is a function of strength. So when it comes to hills, it's, um, you know, yes, you're always going to slow down when you're going up a hill. That's basic physics. Um, how much you have to slow down, though, that that depends on how much power you have, which is why I do a lot of strength, which is why most athletes, most professional athletes, even if they don't have a hilly race coming up, will do strength all of the time. They're trying to maximize their power output. And although I hate to even bring this into the conversation, once you've gotten as fit as you can possibly get, this is where doping comes in. Doping does not negate your need to work. It gives you the ability to do more and harder work to achieve absolutely unnatural results results. Like, um, I, I, I could name a race I watched recently where I just sat there like, and you could see the dopers, you could see what they were doing because it was completely unnatural. I was beautiful to watch a human body do that, but there's no way that happened naturally. So to that effect, um, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, I know you're, that doping is probably not on your agenda. Uh, my point is this. There are some things that are natural that we have to accept, and one of those is needing to slow down whenever you're going up the hill. How long it's going to be before you're able to run on the hills is going to be a function of, one, your, how, how strong you are cardiovascularly, right? So how um, I, it's, it's almost impossible to predict how long it'll take for you to return to where you were. God knows I thought I would be back to 2016 MK already by now, and I'm not. So... Uh, and I and I say that not to to have you lose hope, but if you're trying to count the days off a calendar, you're and you're looking for progress, then you're not looking at the work you've been doing, and the pro the, the results that you want are going to come faster if you're focused on the work and not looking for the progress. So if the question you're really asking me is how long is it going to be before I can walk on the heels and not feel bad about myself, um, I say you know what, go ahead and test it. Get when you're on the treadmill, throw in uh, throw in a hill in the middle of a run, say it like two and a half percent, and see how much that slows you down and if mentally you can handle that pace. Um, and the second thing to remember is like, we get a slightly higher heart rate cap in rebuild and that is to keep you going. That's to kind of keep you in it. So if we could be judicious about when we choose the hilly days and say a Wednesday's coming up and there's a three by one and you're like, I don't really want to go. I kind of really want to run on this hill. Great. Instead of running three minutes hard, which would get your heart rate up, go run in the hilly area. 
and give yourself permission. I've got three minutes. I can run uphill and get my heart rate to say 155, but no higher than that. And I can't push it hard. And then my heart rate's going to come back down. So that's, that's one way you could play it to adapt this guy. That's, that would be the guided DIY rule to adapt this to sort of your fitness level and your desires would be to turn um, one of the, one of the interval workouts into a hill workout. Cool. I like that idea. Yeah. It's nice when you have a run with a little bit of hard, you know, harder efforts mixed in and that's, you know, that's, that is a place where there's room for you to let your heart rate go up a little bit. And and that's what you really, what's going to make you feel really good is to go run in your hilly area a little bit and kind of see, see what you got. And you'll be like, if you, if you hang in there and you wait, you will find yourself being able to run uphill slowly. You're still, like Emery said, you're still going to slow down, but, um, but then your heart rate will just drop right back down as soon as you're up and over that hill. And that is really cool. It's really cool when you start seeing your heart rate recover really, really quickly. While you're still moving without, like you can recover without having to walk. Yeah. Right. That's part of one of the measures of cardiovascular fitness that we're looking for. And if anything else, if nothing else could persuade you to get really, really diligent about the strength work, it's this, you will get to where you want to be sooner. You will be on those Hills and eating them for breakfast faster. If you're doing the strength than if you're, if you're not, Yep. Definitely. All right. Next question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am confused about how the long run is written in training peaks. The description is 60 slash 75 plus six, but in the written description, it refers to 60 minutes and four minutes of accelerators. Not that big of a deal, but this inquiring mind needs you to interpret, please. No problem. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's an error. That's an error on my part. Um, and it looks like on the editor's part, cause we all kind of missed it too. Sorry for that. And thank you for pointing it out. Um, so the, what we're looking, what we're going for is, um, 60. So the, the, uh, one of the guiding features of rebuild, because again, we don't know how long you're going to be in there. Um, and we don't want you to be in a huge hurry to get out. We don't want to make it about the plan. We want to make it about, really you and where you're at. So the long run, um, 60 minutes or 75 minutes. So lane one is the number on the left. Lane two is the number on the right. And um, I, so with six accelerators is what um, is, so I I intended it for B, if you're in lane one, you're going to do 60 minutes with four accelerators or 75 minutes with six accelerators. And somehow that got missed in the name. And that's, that's what it should be. So apologies for that, but thank you for catching the typo. Okay. Where should stretching go in the priority list? I'm kind of, I foam rolling is so much better because it's a deeper manipulation of the muscle and it's one that will go pretty far. So when it comes to stretching, I have watched so much stretching go so wrong. It's one of the reasons why, um, it's almost hard for me to join run clubs when I go to a run club and I watch people stretching after before or afterwards, I'm like, ah, my eyes. I feel like they're going to pop out of my head. It's just like, I cause, cause I'm not their coach and I can't say anything. Even if I see someone hurting themselves, I've seen people quad stretch, for example, it's supposed to be this. Right. And so your knee, your knees are in line with each other and you're pulling your quad back. Right. I have watched and but people get excited. I've, I've seen this. I can't even hold that for very long. So this right here is not a quad stretch. That's a really good way to tear your labrum. And I've watched people doing that, getting really aggressive, trying to pull that leg back. Like this is a, that's a yoga pose. That's fine. But that's, 
I watch people do this and struggle and get in odd positions. I'm like, that's going to hurt your lower back. If you're trying to stretch your quads, it's this. But I can't walk up to total strangers and be like, hey, by the way, you could be doing permanent damage. My name's MK. You know, that's it's just not fun. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons. When it came to stretches, I'm like, what? When, when, I'm, when I'm designing these programs, I had to think, where are the most solid, effective coaching cues going to come from? And how can I ensure that I'm building and rather than breaking my runners and not to, for lack of a better word, idiot proof it. I can idiot proof foam rolling. Uh, There's like, you're more, you're more likely to get hurt if you don't foam roll the way I tell you to, than if you do, it's really hard to idiot proof strength, um, uh, stretching because so much of your form has to be exactly right in order to get the benefits of that stretch. And I would hate to tell you, do this and then have you do it incorrectly and not know for a really long time until we find out that, hey, that thing you had me do tore my labor. I need surgery now. Like, well, that's that's not okay. Um, that's not definitely not what I want. So, but that said, if there are stretches that you're confident you know you know how to do that have been suggested by your physical therapist, that have been demonstrated to you by someone who definitely knows proper posture and positioning, do them do them. If they help, do them. I mean, I'm never going to say don't do something that helps you. What I can't do is assign something that could be misinterpreted either in writing or, um, or I mean, this is a two-dimensional uh, training platform, right? You don't have to interact with me. I give you opportunities to, but it's not mandated. So I have to make sure that the cues that I give and the instructions that I give are as clear and as simple as possible. And trying to assign or describe uh, a stretch is, uh, I've learned the hard way, uh, it's impossible. The only one I can say with, with confidence that is terrific and worth doing is called the couch stretch by Kelly Starrett of mobilitywad.com. He's a badass. He's terrific. It's actually worth the money. If you feel, if you, if you love stretching, but don't love yoga and want to find ways to kind of break down um, muscle, he does it really well on his website. It's mobilitywad, mobilitywod.com. Um, and so, I mean, he, he has a lot of really good moves in there, but that website is kind of pricey. So it might not be worth $30 or whatever per month to you, but I know the couch stretch, the way that he presents it, the way with all the cues, it's, it's um, not only in the book, um, like a supple leopard training, like a supple leopard um, that he wrote a few years ago, which is, it's a terrific book by the way. Um, but it's also, if you Google it, you should be able to find the Kelly start mobility wide couch stretch. And then he demonstrates it and breaks it down. So that one, I, I would be like, do that after every run that's longer than an hour or harder with, with any component of this harder effort um, than than easy effort, so excluding strides. So if you if your Monday Wednesday runs tend to be your and, and tend to be your harder runs and Saturday runs tend to be the long runs, those are the days I would do the couch stretch. But other than the couch stretch, there's nothing I can I can I can recommend quite safely. Um, again, not because stretching is dangerous, but stretching done incorrectly is very dangerous. Yes, for sure. Hot yoga classes. Oof. The the thing about hot yoga classes, you do those poses, but you you spend a lot of time warming up to get there, and you know you have someone walking around, hopefully observing you. It's um, mm-hmm. I, I never feel comfortable trying that stuff at home. Oof. No, I even don't feel comfortable in a lot of those classes because you get some people I, yeah. <laughs> that are overachievers and that are competitive, and they're like, "She's really low. I should be too." 
and it's not your practice anymore very quickly very because so. this, this sense, the way that I saw a meme on Instagram the other day, it was like, if, uh, if I'm not beating somebody, then really what's the point? And it's from, it was from I mom so hard. And it really made me kind of cringe. Cause I know a lot of people that think that way. Um, I'm not one of them. I don't, when I'm with somebody who is clearly thinking that way and thinks that what we're doing is competition, I'm like, I get weirded out and I kind of back away with my hands in the air. I'm like, you win. You don't want to be friends anymore, do you? <laughs> run away. Okay. And I do, I run away. So, and that, that's one of the reasons why, I mean, even something simple as like downward dog, it is so easy to get that wrong. Hyperextend your back, hurt yourself. I've watched a person break a toe before. It's uh, so it's, it's knowing when, oh. when it's going to lead to something good instead of, instead of something bad. That's it's right. hard. And it's hard to do. And it's really hard yeah. to do with the stretch. Yeah. Okay. Next question. This is also about Hills. So this will be go back to what we were talking about before. What are the heart rate recommendations when going up some long steady incline Hills? My heart rate can jump 20 beats. Even though I slow down. I would say use, common sense. And I say that not to be demeaning. And I know that like, you know, just that it sounds incredibly demeaning and I apologize for that, but I'm going to trust your own judgment on that. What matters is that you're moderating your intensity when you're going up that hill, because you know that going up the hill is going to be more work. This is an easy effort run. Therefore I need to scale back. And for a while, this is rebuild. You might need to scale way back. Don't turn the how, like that need to scale back into a moral judgment about you and about how you got here and who you used to be and how did this happen? Because none of that thought uh, process is going to be productive or lead to anything better. Um, what I would say is that as long as you're being really cognizant that to slow down on those long, on those, on those hills, I'm not going to beat you up for whatever you decide. I will say that my favorite place to run when I'm fit and I'm not there yet is uh, on university. And if you've watched me on Strava, those are the dead, the runs that I do that look, that just look like a big straight line going South and coming North again. Um, I'll go park at the, uh, for those of you that are local to Denver, I'll go park in the King Supers at Hamden and run dead south on university all the way to County Line Road when I'm super fit and come all the way back. Sometimes I just go to the rec center and come back. I can get seven miles out of that, um, 18 or 19 miles out of going down to County Line Road and coming back. And it's super duper hilly. I'm not fit enough to do that yet. Um, but when I, I will go and once in a while and attempt part of it. And my heart rate, I, I will slow down a lot. My heart rate still goes up, but the cap that I kind of impose on myself is 155, meaning I don't let it. I don't. I see it going over 150, and I know I gotta, I gotta dial back more. Uh-huh. But, but I, I let myself do that because I know I needed to be. I really wanted to be there. I needed to feel some semblance of myself again. So I care less about the hard number, like you said, 20 beats. And then I just said, well, I look for 10 beats, but I'll give myself grace to 13, 15. Um, it's not about that hard number as much as it is about noticing it. Because what is easy to do and tempting to do over time is to be like, well, you know, I did this thing that I really wanted to do and I don't feel tired and I don't feel sore and I don't feel worn down tomorrow. And then it becomes permission. And we can't do that. That is going to catch up with you really quickly. It caught up with me um, a couple months ago, too. And that's why you haven't seen me. I was getting too excited, feeling stronger than I actually was. Um, and I just can't, I haven't let myself go have my run candy on my favorite, on my favorite trails yet. 
Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard to want to get out there and and not be ready yet. And oh, it's, rebuilding is really hard work, you guys. Yeah. It's really, really hard work and you're doing amazing. Running more slowly than you want to go in any given moment is the hardest thing you will ever do as a runner or really is, I mean, not as a human, but as a runner for sure. Um, and I don't care how fit you get trying I've watched people try to pace their slower friends in, in races, forgetting that this race is not my race. Cause I'm pacing my friend. It's her race. And, and, and like friendships just totally busted over that. I've watched, yeah, yeah. Uh, it oh, is so, so hard, hard. To, to be in a moment. That's not your moment. Um, and, and still enjoy that moment and get what you need out of it. So, if you're not there yet, cool. Don't beat yourself up for being wherever you are. And know this, that even when I get fit someday, this thing I'm doing right now will still be hard. It's just going to be hard mental effort trying not to run really fast rather than hard physiological effort and a lot of heartbreak trying to keep my heart rate low and actually go slow. Yeah. Good. I like it. All right. We have two more questions and the last one is long. Okay. Let's th this next one is, is short. I don't know if the answer is going to be short and I definitely don't know the answer to this one. I'm being started on a beta blocker, which will slow my heart rate for migraine prevention. Any changes or ways this one impact my heart rate training? Thanks. Nope. They're going to slow you down. Talk to um, Gretchen. I believe Gretchen was the one that started taking beta blockers a few years ago. And uh, there was a, it was a bit of an adjustment for her because she could on the ones that she was taking, she could go really hard and they would regularly, her heart rate wouldn't go very high um, because that's what beta blockers do. So she got very excited. Be like, I can train super hard now. Right. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, oh. sorry. Like we need to, like, you're not going to magically run, you know, 10 minute paces and have it be okay. Um, just because your heart is kind of regulating your entire, we don't get to put more stress on your system just because you're taking a drug that will regulate it. So what it's going to do is effectively make you kind of feel a whole lot better. You're going to take it for, for very good reason. And it, until your oh, body yeah. is fully adjusted to it, which is really going to take about eight weeks, um, it, you, you might find it either slowing you down a lot or feeling like this is nothing I really could run faster. Both are equally valid, normal, and common responses to starting beta blockers. And one response is not better than the other. There's no meaning to it. So don't try to find meaning. Like, what does this mean? Just stay in touch with your doctor. Stay, keep, keep um, interacting with your doctor because, uh, you know, it, whatever it was that led, led you to be put um, on beta blockers. I mean, I, you said, you said migraines, but there's, there could be something, obviously something else going on. Um, so to more stress, is not the answer. So if you're the person, basically, if you're taking beta blocker and you feel like I could do this really hard, I can run forever. Don't try. There's still power is still a function. Um, and if you are, if you're soaring along on uh, uh, coasting on uh, cardiovascular amazingness and you don't have the muscles to back it up, it will catch up to you same way it did during the Jack and Jill downhill marathon in July, 2016, the way it did for me. So that's, oh, yeah. that's it. That's all I would worry about. I mean, I wouldn't even worry about it. It's like, eh, it's going to be a little different the next time you run, but it doesn't have to be a big deal. Yay for hopefully no more migraines. Gosh, that was, sure. that, I, I really hope for that for you because migraines are terrible. So are yay worse. for solutions. Okay. Last question. Hi coaches. I am here because I want to be coached and loved again. Two weeks ago, I was supposed to be running my first marathon. I followed one of MK's plans and was so ready. Then two weeks before my race, an old plantar fasciitis injury started to act up. I was heartbroken because of all of the work I put into my training and the charity fundraising. 
ended. Oh, I'm so sorry. so sorry. That's so hard. Sucks. Right now, my injury is slowly improving. I am foam rolling, stretching, massaging, and not running. I am living my life and I'm subbing in other exercises, such as core DVDs with my kid, bike, and rowing in the gym. I'm doing lots of extra strength work. I'm hanging out here to make sure I stay tethered. Good. I'm doing what I can do. I really miss running so much. I'm trying not to shout, be grateful, as people run past me in the street. My question is this. Do I need to be totally pain-free before I start walk, running again? And any other tips appreciated? Happy to be coached and loved again right now. I'm happy oh. to have you here. I know exactly who wrote this. And I'm really, because I, I followed that journey very carefully on we, Facebook. We love you. We love you. And I feel your pain so much. And I am so sorry. Oh, I just, I want to hug you. I'm so sorry. Me too. Because plantar fasciitis is kind of a big deal. And the reason it's a big deal is because it's super painful. That's literally the plantar fascia tearing under your foot. Um, and we don't want to tear all the way through. So definitely I would prefer you to be pain-free before you continue, but also and make sure that you are um, really taking care of your feet in a holistic way, holistic with the W. So that's the plantar fasciitis, uh, ongoing maintenance um, involves a lot of foot strengthening. It involves a lot of calf loosening um, with like that. The first move I have you all do and foam rolling routine as I have you go of, uh, on your shins back and forth and I'd stay with that. And then the bone saw, which is another Kelly start move from abilitywide.com. Um, the bone saw, it's pretty vicious and it doesn't feel very good, but all of that's going to loosen up your toes. Because if you think of it this way, if you've ever gone and gotten, uh, you know, a, a manicure and the, then you get the the hand, like they, they massage your forearms and it's like, oh, my fingers are moving because they're playing it like a guitar. Ah! And that's all from pressure on the tendons here. So the tendons that move your fingers attach to your elbow and the tendons that move your toes attach at the knee. So when, and whenever there's stickiness in here, it can lead to carpal tunnel. And when there's stickiness in uh, the lower part of your, of your ankle, like right around in here, that's going to lead to, that's going to accelerate anything that's happening with plantar fasciitis. So that's, that's one thing If there's an impetus I could give you to, to, to keep yourself supple uh, as, and mobile as much as possible. It would be, it would be that this is one of the, one of the better things you can do to prevent plantar fasciitis. I used to have a video about uh, the three steps of the, of plantar fasciitis immediate treatment and care. Um, we are going to remake that video and post it in the next month. That's on my list of things to do. And uh, I know a couple of people have written and asked about that already, and I apologize. Um, but the most important thing to remember is don't try to, it's going to get better faster if you don't try to make it worse. So I know that. I know that it's frustrating and I know that's really tough, but it's going to come from a combination of strengthening your feet, loosening things up, making sure that your kinetic chain is working really efficiently. So all the strength work that you're doing is a really good idea. Let's keep doing that because all this stuff will hopefully prevent it from coming from, uh, from coming back. So, and by the, my final note is congratulate yay for good decisions. Staying tethered to us is one of the best things that you can do because even if you can't run right now, we can, if you can walk, focus on what you can do. If you can walk, if we can get you on a bike if we can put you on a recumbent bike these are all things we can do to maintain some of the fitness that you would have built um, during your training cycle and that so it doesn't all have to be washed away just due to injury let's focus on what you yeah. can do and, and make it a priority of, of doing that totally totally agree i'm so so glad that you're with us because 
we get it. A lot of us have been where you are. And if, and like when you just want to yell at people in the street to be grateful, like we, we are here for that energy. You can bring us that and we will commiserate and stuff. We know how you feel and it sucks. And we just, we, we, we want to be here for you and hold your hand while you move through that. So thanks totally. for coming to us. Yay. All right. I am. That's it. That is it. I'm going to uh, download the responses and clean out the form and get it reset for next week on both ends. Just Um, like that. It's next week, guys. All she has to do is click a few things and it's next week already. It feels that way. And like, how is it already time? I can't believe this is already over. I can't believe it's already time for the baby Violet to start preschool. Gosh, I don't know. Are you pictures during the day? Or are you going to get like adorable pictures on your phone while she's there? Oh, I'm going to take I- pictures and probably like mostly selfies of me like crying as I walk out the door. Because <laughs> Raz's teachers um, have this app called Homeroom and they put pictures of the kids up during that. Usually like once in the afternoon while everyone's taking a nap, they'll like load up a bunch of pictures. So I get this notification being like 26 pictures have been added. And then I go, and I'm like, oh my God, I need to see them right now. They're that's awesome oh my gosh no we don't they use bright wheel which funny enough bright wheel was invented by a classmate of mine at wharton and we we'd heard from his wife that he was gonna be on shark tank when uh bright wheel came out a couple years ago so if you guys ever use bright wheel to sign into or out of your preschools uh that was made by but not not i can't claim it not my friends uh more friends with with my husband but yeah fun fact it's it's always fun to see like it's fun for me to watch people that i went to school with do really cool things. Um, I don't watch Shark Tank. All of it's just too reminiscent of, you know, my former life. And I kind of like where we are right now. And I've got it. I've got enough issues in my life that I have to look for it on TV. But we, so yeah, we use bright wheel and every once in a while I'll get photos, but it's not like, you know, their priority is not sending me photos throughout the day, but uh, I have a feeling that the Violet's teachers will be looking out for me a little more than usual. They, they know that this is, this is the final Fleming. This is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Hope you really hope you have someone to give you a big hug after you drop her off. Uh, I do. Well, I'm going straight to straight to um, Pilates, so there'll be there'll be several people there to commiserate with, and then kick your ass, Pretty much. take your mind off it. Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> make your butt st- hurt really, really bad. <laughs> Got to stay busy. That's right. Uh, we'll be thinking about you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Your coach, your love. Let's go one at the week ahead. I'm going to shut down all three streams. Um, once again, if you have not found us on YouTube, come join the Fitness Protection YouTube channel. That link is not up on Twitch yet. That links to my uh, Coach MK uh, uh, YouTube channel, and that's where all of my Twitch, uh, my Twitches uh, will, my Twitch repository will continue to live. But for now, this is my first time live streaming on YouTube on the Fitness Protection phase, uh, YouTube page, um, and. Hopefully this worked. We'll see how it turns out, but we, uh, we might be doing more of this. I have all one viewer. And if that one viewer is the one that doesn't use Facebook, then uh, all of this was worth it's it. It's me. <laughs> it's definitely me. Oh, it's you. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. I just, I have all the pages open at the same, but it, it, it is working. Um, it's definitely like, you know, all the streams are going simultaneously. Everything's been smooth, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So, it's just the only thing that's dang. funny is that like for once now I'm backwards, I'm not usually backwards on Twitch, um, but like, so my screen is backwards in, in the YouTube video. My, my screen is backwards in the Twitch video and it's, 
the right way around in the Facebook video. Go figure. <laughs> Every time I think I've got, got, I got it all in lockdown, I am proven wrong. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Whenever I do Facebook lives and I like adjust my hair, I always sort of reach for the wrong side of my face. And then I realize that I've got the wrong side and I have to go, yeah. you know, like it's, it's the opposite of what I think it's going to be when I'm, when I'm looking at myself. Facebook exactly. It's a very strange experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that is the strangest experience you guys have had tonight. We'll see you in the private Facebook groups in about an hour or so to, to go through maybe a little longer than that. Depends on how long it takes to get the kids off me um, once I go downstairs. But I will see you live for some strength demonstrations in, in an hour or so. But otherwise, your coach, you're a love. Let's go win it the week ahead. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks. Bye, you, Sarah. Bye. It's one thing to say that you're coached and loved. Showing it is next level, you guys. If you want to show the world how loved you actually are, head on over to fitnessprotection.threadless.com and check out our amazing selection of t-shirts, tanks, hoodies, water bottles, coffee mugs, and yes, a shower curtain. Because why not? Just picture your mother-in-law stepping on your coached and loved bath mat and drying her ass with our signature beach towel. It's amazing. You know your guest bathroom needs to be coached and loved just like you. Free domestic shipping on orders of $45 or more and free international shipping on orders of $80 or more from now until June 16th with code FREESHIP619. Again, that's all caps, F-R-E-E-S-H-I-P-619 over at fitnessprotection.threadless.com. <laughs>